0: Investing isn't a hard science. It's a soft skill, with the outcome having much more to do with your behavior than your level of intelligence. Welcome, everybody, to Understanding the Power of Money, what everyone needs to know about money but are too afraid to ask. Money's powerful, and we all ask ourselves the same big questions. How much is enough? Can I afford that? how do I make my money grow? And of course, when can I buy my beach house? Those are the questions everyone thinks about, and this podcast will help you find the answers. My name is Amit Chopra, and welcome to Understanding the Power of Money. So Morgan Housel, one of my favorite writers, wrote in his his most recent book, investing isn't a hard science, but rather a soft skill, and the likelihood of a successful outcome has less to do with your intelligence. Than it does your behavior. So I love this because I couldn't agree with it more. And this podcast is going to explore the power of money and how it shapes our financial behavior and how we can shape our financial behavior for success by understanding the power that money has over us. The power of money is different for everybody. But in my 15 years of being a financial planner, one of the things I notice is that. We all think other people's idiosyncrasies with money are nuts, because we don't want to face our own crazy idiosyncrasies, and we don't want to put in perspective the other person's journey. So we are all raised a little different. My parents who had different experiences grew up with different values at a different time in the world during an ever-changing economic landscape. And every single one of those things plays a part in our own understanding and utilization of the power of money. If you were born in the 1970s and lived through extreme inflation during your teenage and early adult years, your spending habits vary drastically from someone born in, say, 1990, who has virtually never had to deal with inflation in their entire lives. My parents tell me the stories about when they bought their first house their interest rate was 13%. Their their CDs were paying 13% and inflation was 13%. They get a good laugh out of it. I have a client who was born in 1991 and his first money memory is seeing his father crying in their living room at the end of 1999. So he would have been what, eight at that time. He refuses to invest any money into the market until he has half a million dollars in cash saved up. That's it. That's what he wants. He wants to make sure that he has $500,000 in the bank before he ever invests a dime in the market. He refuses to even put towards his 401k, regardless of the countless times I've done the math for him to show him the tax savings. His logic is that he never wants to be in a position that he saw his parents in in two thousand. And in 2008, in his mind, cash is king and six months of expenses is not going to cut it. He wants enough where if everything goes wrong, he can still take care of his family for an extended period of time. Your experiences are going to shape your financial behavior and understanding that everyone is going through, uh, is going through that same thing. It helps us realize that what we view as irrational might seem perfectly normal for others given their own experiences. My money journey started a bit differently. So with both my parents being immigrants from India, I grew up watching them struggle to get on the same page with money, and I can draw a straight line between their behavior and why I chose my career. I'll tell you, i tell you a story that sums up my relationship with money growing up. So my father controlled money in the household, not because he was a controlling person, but because when he was growing up, that was the dynamic between his parents. And that was the norm in India. Men controlled money. Women controlled the household. I would go to the grocery store with my mother. I would watch her write a check when we were at the checkout counter. We would go home. She would give my father the receipt and he would give her cash to go and deposit into the bank, which, by the way, was right next door to the grocery store. So she would deposit cash so her check wouldn't bounce. At that time, right, 10-year-old me thought that was normal. But as a certified financial planner, looking back, I recognize just how backwards this is. So I tell this story not because my father's interactions and relationship at the time with money was wrong. Uh, He fixed it as time went on. He, He figured it out. But more importantly, to show you that the power that money has in shaping your future behavior without you really even knowing it. When I was in seventh and eighth grade, I attended New York Military Academy in Cornwall, New York. It was great, right? But I quickly realized that I actually had a hidden skill that I didn't know about. I could shine shoes. Uh, That's a random skill to have, but I could do it. So I started charging kids $5 to shine their shoes before inspection. It, It was a good gig until our company commander found out and she put a stop to it. When I was 15, I was the first person in my high school to go to my guidance counselor for working papers, and I convinced my local CBS manager to give me a job from 15 until I began my career. I always had at least one job, many times two. I worked in the clothing clothing store Hollister in the mall, and since I was already in the mall, I got a job at the Mr. Smoothie kiosk as well. I knew as soon as I could, I wanted to control my own financial life. So this sounds like great work ethic right? It's great. You got a lot of jobs. But fast forward to college, and I was working two jobs and ignoring school because by that time, I had acquired more skills. So my value to companies was higher. So I was paid more. I was paid enough where as a 19-year-old, I thought, huh, I can live on this. And I could have if I wanted to eat ramen noodles and cereal for every meal like I was at the time. All of this is correlated to my upbringing, my relationship with money, Uh, And it shows the influence that money can have on you. In my late teens, early twenties, I learned that the satisfaction of being independent was wearing off a little bit, but I got it back when I realized that I could help other people set up their financial lives and it wasn't just satisfying. It was kind of rewarding. So although my family dynamic might be unique, I'm not entirely unique in my behavior with money. As my entire generation was shaped by events like the September 11th terrorist attacks, the tech bubble bursting, and the housing and jobs crisis of 2008 and 2009, we have just come through our second once-in-a-generation economic crisis. And I say this not to complain, but to really show you just how powerful the relationship with money early on is and how much it shapes our financial habits and success going forward. Money's a tool, nothing more or less and has to be considered along with an abundance of other factors that matter to you personally when you make decisions. Some view money and wealth as evil. This directly stems from their own experiences. This isn't a crazy outlook. It's just a different one from you, perhaps, because your experience with money was different. Think about that for a second. There are people who truly believe that if you grow wealthy, you become more and more evil. Even when saying it, I want to think it sounds nuts. But we've all heard stories of money changing people. If you see someone change firsthand because of money, isn't it going to change your own thinking? So now the question is, what if your relationship with money is bad? Can it be changed? Or is the power of money over your behavior so ingrained that there's nothing you can do? These are questions I'm going to leave you with to end today's episode. But the goal of the podcast is to get away from traditional financial podcasts talking about standard deviation and beta. And we're here to talk more about uh, what's impacting all of us and all of us who are in the wealth building stage and how our behavior, our biases, and our emotions are the major things that we need to control that have a direct impact on our financial success. If building wealth is important to you, then you need a plan. And the first step to any good financial plan is a budget. If you'd like a free copy of the budgeting template that I use personally and have shared with hundreds of clients over the past 15 years, check out the link in the description. This is a comprehensive budgeting template that you can use as much of or as little of as you need and customize it to you. In the meantime, Do me a favor and share this podcast with others in whatever way serves you best. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to everyone next episode.